So good afternoon, everybody. Hello, everybody had lunch? The post-lunch somnolence kicking in, yeah? Welcome. If you are thinking that you are in the room to hear about community life at HDS, you are in the right room. If you're thinking that you're in Greek, you're in the wrong room. So check your schedules and go find some other place that you wanted to be if you didn't want to hear about community life. Um, but thanks for coming to get a little glimpse of what life is really like here. The question I think on the table before us is, can I really live here? Can I make a life here? Can I have friends? Can I have a fully rounded experience? And that's what we're here to talk about today. My name is Carrie Maloney. I'm the chaplain and the director of religious and spiritual life for the school. I always say I have the best job in the place, and it's true. Um, and I will introduce you to uh, my colleague, Tim Welski, who is our assistant dean for student services. And then the really important thing to hear from, the reason you're here is to hear from our students who have graciously given us some of their time and busy time of the semester to share with you some of their experiences of what it's like for them to construct a life here. Um, and that's really uh, going to be the heart of what we, we hear today. So Tim, would you like to say a little bit about student life from your perspective first? Yeah, okay. here. So um, overseeing things like orientation, student organizations, uh, student opportunities for engagement and programming, um, but also some things that are, are more focused on support for, uh, for you in times of need and when life comes up. So um, giving uh, referrals or access to mental health services, medical services, uh, writing support, academic support, all the sorts of things that you might need throughout your time here. Um, but one of the other aspects that I'll just touch on really briefly is sort of your opportunities for professional development and experiential learning outside of the classroom. I think there are a lot of opportunities for that here at HDS. So looking into the opportunities in, in the Office of Ministry Studies with field education or within Kerry's office in religious and spiritual life. Um, there are a multitude of opportunities to get connected to the wider world in our local communities. Um, just a few things that I'll mention about that here for you is we, we have a, a conference fund for students who are engaging in scholarship and want to present their work at other academic or professional conferences. Um, we have something called the Skill Series where we bring in training and workshop opportunities to give students some real world applicable skills to take with them into a variety of fields. Um, and also, you know, a number of opportunities for presenting and publishing through our um, graduate student journal, or a couple, a couple journals that we have, and our Stendhal Symposium in the spring, which allows students to present to our community here on their scholarly work. So if you have any questions about academic support, engagement, um, how we support student life here, how we handle uh, times when you might need additional resources, access uh, within the classroom or access within um, the community here, or just what student social life is like or student engagement is like, uh, feel free to answer or ask me any questions uh, throughout, but we've got great representatives here who can give you a more firsthand account of what student life is like. Thanks. So let me just say a word about religious and spiritual life. I will tell you that 
what's true of religious and spiritual life is true of our whole community in general, and that is it's kind of a DIY community. If you don't find it here, put it here, and it will happen. We program from below. We let students lead and take initiative, and Tim and I and others are here to support that. Um, we cannot be and are not all things to all people, but we do try to inhabit lots of places of intersectionality here. Um, in religious and spiritual life, there are, I think at this point, something like 23 registered student organizations that have a spiritual or religious identity to them, and many other people who don't necessarily affiliate with those groups, but who have their own practices or multiple kinds of belonging. And all of those student organizations run out of Tim's office, the Office of Student Life, and I crash that party and show up from religious and spiritual life and um, go to all their events, and it's really quite rich and wonderful. Um, so all of those communities will meet for practice or study in various ways um, almost every week. In some cases, there are something like five or six such gatherings a day here, and it's really uh, an unusual and rare opportunity to be able to go, and you're all welcome to anything that's on campus if you're a student here. Um, we also have, if any of you were at noon service today, that was a little unusual. We don't usually, it doesn't usually feel like that. Um, it's usually more, it usually is um, a univocal experience of here's a Buddhist um, meditation, here is a Christian Eucharist, here is um, Salat, and we all join with our sisters and brothers who were hosting it that day. Um, today it was the denominational counselors who hosted that, and it was important that you meet some of them because we have 13 religious professionals who resource the many, some of the many communities on our campus and help people um, prepare for professional licensure, ordination, or, or, or vocational um, preparation in general. And those folks are on campus part-time through the Office of Ministry Studies, the MDiv program. We have at um, at, HD, at uh, Harvard University some 38 chaplains who work at the university, but not for the university. Um, so you can pretty much find just about any group that you might belong to or want to know about through them. Um, and the greater Boston and Cambridge areas are rich, rich, rich places to find uh, places of worship, study, meditation, and prayer. So if you don't find it here, you might want to put it here. And if you don't find it here, you might also want to look beyond this campus to see what you need. My office tries to stand quite intentionally at the intersection of the intellectual and the spiritual life. There's no other reason for the school to have a chaplain, it seems to me. Um, so there are some particular ways in which we express that and um, interrogate that. I assume most of you have been on the HDS website, yes? Um, so go deep, there, there's lots of material in there. For instance, on the Religious and Spiritual Life site of the HDS website, you'll find many links, and one link there is to something called Conspiracies, Breathing Together the Breath of Life, and that's our online journal of writings of faculty, students, staff, and alums at the intersection of the intellectual and spiritual life. It'll give you a nice, broad brush look at um, the kinds of things that people are thinking about and preaching about and meditating on. Um, here. The other piece of my work, and actually the biggest piece of my work, is to stand with Tim in helping to be a resource to people who are struggling, um, finding their health crises might come up, that you might be hospitalized, um, there might be something very joyful that you want to celebrate. 
many things like that. So I'm here as a direct resource and support for that and do a lot of referrals uh, to get people connected to the resources they need. Also working on, you know, folks who are struggling. We're a small community, so it's all hands in, right? So if you're struggling in a class, then you might be talking with Tim or you might be talking with me, but we're going to work hard to get you connected to the resources that you need, okay? So that's what we're here for, and that's enough on us. We um, Please do check out our website and um, our, our many pages of our many websites, our many sub-pages of our website, excuse me, you'll find a lot of information there. But never hesitate to pick up the phone or send an email. We're here to answer questions well beyond this day. We'd love to take them from you, okay? I will um, now introduce uh, my lovely friends here, um, and they are exactly that. We understand our work here as deeply collegial, and so while these folks are students, um, they are also colleagues, um, and we treat each other with great respect and regard here, and we always have a, a dialogue at HDS about who's teaching and what are we teaching. We're all teaching one another. And it's a great gift to be at a place this rich because you could be sitting in a class for a year and turn to somebody and realize, oh, that's the world-renowned expert so-and-so. I didn't know who that was. There are lots of folks here with tremendous wisdom and experience. Um, and at the end of the day, I think I speak for Tim as well as for just about everybody else here, we feel like we're the ones who are being taught and blessed and enriched with this education. So I count myself incredibly blessed and fortunate to spend my days with the likes of this crowd to my left. So let me tell you who they are. Um, they gave us their little bios, and just the way they write their bios also tells you something of who they are. Sitraka Andriam, a citizen of the 21st century, Malagasy by birth, Chicagoan at heart, Episcopalian by choice, about more life. Sitraka means beloved, and so he is. Next to him is Tim Martin. Tim is a second-year MTS student concentrating in Buddhist studies. He currently works at both Langer Lab and the Center for Mindfulness and Compassion, which are Harvard-affiliated psychology research labs. He's also a peer advocate, one of the many HDS students serving as a non-administrative resource for students who are experiencing sexual and gender-based violence. After graduating from HDS, he hopes to, I'm sure he will, pursue a PhD in clinical psychology. Next to him, oh no, 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 I'm sorry, you switched seats. That, that is Tim. This is Chavis, forgive me. Chavis, Chavis uh, Jones is a 2013 graduate, proud graduate of Morehouse College. Any Morehouse men in the room? No? Okay. Um, Chavis will represent. Chavis will represent. Um, he's an MDiv student, third year. His focus is religion, ethics, and politics, and he is a proud and very able Baptist um, and oversees our Baptist student organization here with great gusto and skill. Um, he's a great human being, so we do hear from him. So that's Tim Martin next to him. Next to Tim is Nahito Mura, and Nahito is actually my field ed student in the Office of Religious and Spiritual Life this year. He's a second year MDiv candidate and a resident right across the street at the Center for the Study of World Religions. I hope you'll say a word about that wonderful experience. He was born in Japan and moved to Hawaii at the age of eight. He speaks Japanese as his first language. Nahito holds a BA from Pomona College in International Relations with a minor in economics. He joined Teach for America in 2011 and spent two years as a special education and math teacher at Iwamaka Middle School 
where he, after which he received a post-baccalaureate cert certificate in special education from the University of Hawaii. In coming to HDS, Nahito's goal is to become an effective communicator of the philosophy of Mokichi Okada, a 20th century Japanese thinker and spiritual leader. And finally, but by no means lastly, <laughs> um, is Angie Thurston, who is a third year student at HDS and Master of Divinity candidate. And she's here to deepen spiritual community amidst increasing religious uh, disaffiliation. She is the co-author of How We Gather, a report profiling, profiling new ways that Americans are congregating. She'll say more about that, I know. Angie studied playwriting at Brown University and put on arts events in New York City for six years. She began chairing semi-annual spiritual gatherings in 2010. Her faith is grounded in a text called The Urantia Book, and she is an active leader in the international community of Urantia Book readers. Angie's excited to be connecting and supporting young leaders nationwide who are bringing people together to live into their potential, however they find it. So thank you all for being here and for sharing your stories. And I think, Satraka, we'll begin with you and down the line. Yeah? So, well, hi, everyone. We're very glad you're here, and I'm so happy to see all of your faces, truly. I mean that. Um, that's a theological thing that we can get into after a class, if you like, the face <laughs> and what it entails. But um, just because, Paul, so how many of you are still in college or in school at the moment, so they get a sense of, okay. How many have been out for a few years or a couple of years? Okay, good. Excellent. Well, thank you. Just to get us, I want to be relevant, speak language that is somewhat relevant to the crowd. So, um, I very much love this panel here because these are some of the best people we have actually in this community. I really do believe this, truly. I mean every word I say, although it might not sound like well. But uh, so what I want to say is that I think um, this is great because I think we do have different um, perspectives on how we have uh, wrestled with and eventually made the most of HDS. Um, because I think um, what I wanted to get at by checking on who was still in college is that I want to start by saying that um, Divinity School is very different from college. Um, student life still happens on some of the same terms, but fundamentally it's a different kind of labor, it's a different kind of intensity of thought and I think reflection um, and also relationship that you have to be, that at least that I have had to adjust to um, when I was here. But so just three things I want to highlight in terms of what student life here has been um, like to me um, is that um, it's been very meaningful. Uh, so I love meaning a lot and I came to deep school with uh, questions about meaning that actually really um, cared about a great deal. Um, and this is a place that has really allowed that. Uh, maybe to the point where I sometimes say, okay, this is too much, too meaningful, I'm going <laughs> to quit. <laughs> Which I never thought I would say about anything or about any conversation or reading, but this is a place where truly, where I really think that thoughtfulness, thinking deeply about questions that matter to you, um, is not only demanded but also harnessed, I think in very important ways, both in the classroom and also outside, like through groups like um, the Noon Service Committee or other, other platforms on campus. So a little story that I want to share in terms of um, how that has sort of been embodied in my life is that, so I started my, so I'm the second of my MDiv and I started it in the shadow of Ferguson, as you all know, and ended it with Baltimore. So, the, so, there was, so there were important ways in which I did not want Ferguson or Baltimore to be lost upon me. That, I, that being in Div school, not it, like in, being in Div school at that time had, had, had to mean something. And so, um, and, and so I allowed myself, although while kicking and screaming, to actually find people and professors uh, who were willing to kind of like walk me through 
how race has mattered in my life um, through my first year. And then uh, eventually, then a lot of conversations happened on campus and sort of found, I showed up at um, forums on campus where we were talking about race and Ferguson, and then eventually uh, crossed paths with um, Tim, and then uh, have been on this wonderful journey, well, wonderful and difficult, but fundamentally important journey, of actually wrestling with how race matters to me as someone whose body, as you can tell, is in the middle of the black-white spectrum. But this is a place where I think, at least a lot of, for me, what HDS has really given me as a student is this ability to really flourish in the middle. Um, and I think that a lot of us, at least I, well, I, I'm in the middle. And this is really a place that really harnesses that, that you, you dwell and you flourish in the middle of all of the, the things that you are into. And so one thing that I want to highlight is that uh, where I want to again thank Tim for his kindness is that um, a, a recent grad of HDS uh, and I went on a pilgrimage to Ferguson about three weeks ago. And um, there were ways in which, and again, I'm not going to get into that now, but again, it's, a, it's one of those things that only could have happened at HDS where not just in terms of like financial support, but also in terms of like meeting people who would actually entertain the idea of going on, going to Ferguson on a pilgrimage. Um, I'm not saying that this is the only place where such concepts can surface, but there is something about I think, the spirit of the place that can sort of generate those ideas of, okay, let's turn Kenfield Green while Michael Brown was murdered into a holy place of pilgrimage. And not go to Teze, but let's go to Ferguson and see how that plays out. And so this is a place where that can happen. The second thing that um, I think that I want to highlight is um, the amazing faculty that we have. Um, actually, I think amazing faculty that we have. And I think that's something that, at least for me, has been critical to my growth and my process of becoming here. Um, and just to professors that I will name out loud, whom have been who have been blessings to me beyond measure are Charles Hallisey and Karen King. Mm -hmm. So, um, do I hope that some of you have already gotten to know some of some of my professors here? But um, I encourage you uh, to get to know them um, because they're just tremendous resource. And I have to say that, um, especially my our, my beloved Professor Hallisey, I, I I would go to him without not to uh, just talk about my life and my questions. And he has this very like pastoral fatherly, grandfatherly. I call him my papa because that's truly <laughs> what he has been to me when I was here. So, um, and then in terms of uh, just one last point about uh, student life as well. So I, um, I think unlike some people, um, I have decided to live away from the deep school. So I lived in Jamaica Plain my first year and now I'm living in Lower Alston. That was important to me because I wanted to make sure that I remained um, awake. And I'm not saying that by living near here, it's very convenient. I highly recommend it. I think you know the commute is terrific when you just live like five minutes away or like now here, so you're just right there. It's not you can't beat that. But to me, it was important to put myself while I was learning all these things that were really meaningful here to put myself to remain in situations and in conditions where I would still see how things played out or did not play out. You know, when I when I read about race in the classroom, how does that play out? In a gentrifying neighborhood, or things like that. So, so, so um, I guess my quote-unquote thesis. We like our thesis here, at yes, but for for our arguments. But I think life here is what you make of it. Um, um, I think the first year is very much about kind of figuring things out. But eventually, you you kind of make the place yours. And there are ways in which I think the place really unleashes what it is that is real and important to you, both intellectually, um, internally, and therefore. I think fully and wholly. So that's, that's how I'll start. Hopefully that was helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.
Hello, everyone. My name is Chavis Jones. I am a 2013 graduate of Morehouse College uh, from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, I've been trying to figure out exactly what I would say about um, my time and experience at HDS. Uh, what I can say is that it's been a beautiful, beautiful experience. I'm a third year student, uh, and this has been one of the richest experiences of my life thus far. Um, one of the things that I believe uh, fundamentally is that the train of human progress uh, runs on the tracks of human dialogue. And so it's, it's really important that you have really rich conversation throughout the course of life um, in a way of advancing society. And I really feel as though each and every one of us has a stake as uh, players on the stage of human history. And one of the things about HDS is that it allows you to have some of the richest and most thought-provoking conversations uh, that you'll ever have uh, with people from various faith traditions and from all over the world and people who uh, think about things and conceptualize things in entirely different ways from uh, you. Uh, and so I've done that here. And that has been one of the greatest parts of my experience. It stretched me in a lot of ways. It's made me uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Uh, but learning uh, to converse as a skill has been one of the greatest things that I've, I've experienced here. And it's one of the things that, that HDS prides itself on, on rich and meaningful and lasting conversations that don't uh, start within a personal dialogue, but uh, they, they start with the introspection that takes place uh, as you go into the classroom here, and they end with the activity uh, of your life, uh, your existence, your being, and how you uh, live in this world. And so uh, HDS profoundly impacts the world through its students because we're thinking about world on, on a grand scale, not, not, just, not just about the classroom, but everything that we do here, uh, I think many of us realize it has far-reaching implications. And so we take seriously what we do here because we know that uh, each and everything that we do academically uh, has an impact in, in the lives and lived experiences of those around us. And, though, and so that's what's been really rich about being here. Uh, one of the things that I did last year, uh, thinking about like the amazing people here, was he talked about how last year started with Ferguson and ended with Baltimore. It was a very interesting year. Uh, academically thinking about how everything would fit in with me studying religion, like what does this mean? And so I remember in early August, I was supposed to be an orientation leader last year, uh, and one of my friends called me and said there's a group of us going down to Ferguson. There's a young man that's just been killed, as you know. So there's a group of us going down to Ferguson from all over uh, Harvard, uh, students from different disciplines, but mainly divinity school students. And so um, I told uh, Tim Welsky uh, that I would be going down and that uh, I would miss part of the orientation uh, for the orientation leaders and that um, we'd be taking a trip to Ferguson. This was the weekend of Michael Brown's funeral, a very volatile time and, and uh, the period down there in Ferguson. Uh, but 14 of us uh, crowded into a 14-passenger van and we drove uh, 27 hours through the night uh, to get to Ferguson to have an experience there. Uh, that truly has shaped uh, my understanding of why I'm studying religion in a, in a very, very fundamental way. Uh, we were there, and Professor Jonathan Walton gave us, uh, who is uh, the plumber professor of religion and Pusey minister at the Memorial Church here, uh, he gave us kind of an introduction into what we were supposed to be doing there. And uh, he was very intentional about saying that we were there to coordinate, not agitate. So we took that out into Ferguson with us. Um, but what I noticed there was, was that uh, Though we had students from the medical school and the law school and the school of education with us on that trip, I was profoundly impacted by the way in which uh, my fellow HDS students uh, thought very deeply about what we were doing there. They were trying to make meaning out of what 
was taking place in Ferguson. Like, what does this mean for my life and my, my, my existence, my calling uh, to the world? What does this mean? And we were able to talk about these things in some very interesting ways. Uh, and, and not only thinking about our role in, in Ferguson at that point in time, uh, but, but what this meant um, in terms of the, the grander narrative in, in history. And so we, we had conversations uh, you know, late at night about how we were going to go out into Ferguson the next day and what we were going to do. Uh, but the most beautiful conversation was surrounding what we would do once we returned to HDS. And so uh, when we got back to HDS, we created a panel discussion that, and it packed out this room from student, with students from all over the university uh, called Michael Brown's Body. And we knew that that kind of conversation surrounding race and its implications in terms of religion uh, was kind of absent from, from our school at the time. We felt that that was the case. But we also knew that we had an obligation to make sure that that wasn't the case once we returned. And so uh, me and a few others, we planned a panel discussion. It was packed. And we had a great discussion about this. But it didn't end there, because there was an institutionalized uh, movement that was taking place on the campus. Uh, and there was created an institution called the Racial, Racial Justice and Healing Initiative, which has had a lot of conversations surrounding uh, what race means and how we can be healers for one another in community uh, on, on the issue of race. And so that's one of the most important things about being here is that you're really intentional about making sure that this is the experience that you want it to be. We went to Ferguson, we came back and said we need this, this type of conversation happening here and so we made that conversation take place and it's been sustained since. And this is the type of place that allows you to make those types of conversations take place. It is a space that welcomes that and thrives on that and wouldn't be what it, what it is without those types of conversations. So I, I welcome you to do that as well. Um, but I've also made some of my best friends here, lifelong friends, people who uh, I've talked to late at night, people who I've uh, played basketball with and watched a lot of great sports with, people who I've uh, have had a lot of laughs with. I, I laugh with Citraka all every time I see him. <laughs> 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 And, and I can say that, that also as a part of our Baptist Fellowship, which has been really rich, uh, Carrie Maloney has been there like every week. She has no obligation to come to our, our weekly meetings, but she's there almost every week for our Friday Fellowship, which is beautiful. And not only that, um, we were supported in terms of going to uh, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, which takes place in Norfolk, Virginia uh, each year. Well, it takes place in different places. Uh, but we were supported institutionally on with four or five of us going down to a conference. So there's always so many ways in which HDS supports that. And then co-curricularly, uh, one of the greatest things I've done, I think Angie did as well, uh, and Nahito. Uh, we're all uh, alums of the Harvard Graduate School Leadership Institute, which is an organization that, um, of 30 people, you know, from each of the disciplines at, at Harvard University and graduate school, uh, and you meet people from the business school, the law school, uh, the, the dental school, uh, everywhere. And, Having that community outside of this community, learning about how they were constituting their space uh, at Harvard was also very fundamental for me here. And it allowed me to have a much richer experience than I think I would have had otherwise, because I now have a broader network uh, than simply uh, my colleagues here. But this has been amazing. This has been amazing. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. Tim. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim. Um, so thinking about community life, I, I graduated from undergrad in 2010, so I was away from school for about four or five years before I came here. 
And um, I'm a Buddhist practitioner, and so I spend a lot of that time involved in Buddhist communities in the U.S. and abroad, too, uh, in Asia. And um, for me, coming here, uh, an important element was um, getting perspective on what had become my own tradition. I, I wasn't born Buddhist. Um, but also having conversations about Buddhism, Buddhism in the U.S., um, with fellow Buddhists, but in a space that was actually not um, of a particular denomination or group. Um, and reflecting on my experience here, I think that's actually been one of the most beneficial aspects. And I think if you can just take this, and if you come from a particular tradition or if you're practicing a particular religious tradition, you might abstract it to your situation. Um, I found that some of the most interesting conversations I've had were with Buddhists from different Buddhist traditions. Mm. So um, if you're a Christian, you might be having a lot of conversations with Christians from different Christian traditions, right? And um, there's a lot of conversations that have come out of that where you start to have more of a bird's eye view across like, oh, these are issues that are happening across the board, across the U.S. So these are things that are happening in Asia too. And it's been really helpful for me to get um, some perspective. Um, one of the areas that for me was an important place to get perspective uh, had to do with the general issue of power and power dynamics, but specifically um, sexual assault, uh, gender-based violence, and different forms of sexual violence that happen, I mean, everywhere, but especially in religious communities. Um, and I think it might be parallel to the conversation about race, too, in that there are definitely courses where this conversation's happening, and it's happening at HDS, but in other ways, it's not quite happening. And so um, it's been very cool for me to be a part of a group of students who wanted to bring this topic in light, uh, to light in a way that was more prominent. So there was a group that formed last year called the Peer Advocates. Um, it's a group of students that volunteer to do training to be advocates towards other students who are experiencing any kind of uh, sexual or gender-based violence. And the idea is to have non-administrative confidential resources. So um, at the school in Harvard-wide, there's a fairly elaborate uh, network of resources for students. Um, some of them confidential, some of them not confidential. But um, at least at HDS, there were no student groups until uh, last year that I'm aware of that really were taking a stance and were also actively doing training so that um, when our peers, when our people in our community were experiencing um, sexual and gender-based violence, they had somebody to talk to, and they felt like they had somebody to talk to who, where the conversation was going to be confidential, they were going to be able to discuss all their different options and resources, and then to be able to choose for themselves uh, in a way that was uh, most appropriate for them. So that's been a really interesting experience for me, just the training alone, because I feel like it was not something that I got in undergrad or you know, in my own tradition. And um, it's something that's pervasive um, across religious traditions, but even within Buddhism, there's a lot of um, sexual assault that happens, but also a lot of power dynamics, weird power dynamics that happen in communities that lead towards sexual assault. Um, and having many friends um, and heard many stories it felt like to me something that like we really don't know how to respond to this issue in a way that's like appropriate or helpful. Um, and 
I hold the personal responsibility to do some to do something, you know, to do to at least show up for um, some kind of conversation, to at least do some training while I was here, and to at least speak out about like, hey, um, I've become like the, I don't know, the, there's like we've there's a Buddhist ministry initiative, and so we're having Buddhist-oriented conferences here, and I've become the person who's like, what about, you know, sexual assault and gender-based violence that are happening like in our communities like right now, and we're not talking about, it and we don't know how to deal with it. And when it does happen, it explodes in a community. Sometimes it even becomes like press-worthy, and the fallout's really harsh. People get wounded, communities break up, and um, there's really no clear model for what to do in a ministerial context. Um, so <laughs> I definitely don't have that model, but uh, just recognizing that that wasn't there, it's been really beneficial for me to be a part of a community that's, um, it's actually pan, I mean, every religious tradition's not every religious tradition, but anyone from any traditions are part of peer advocates and people who aren't even a part of religious traditions. So to have this conversation from people across Buddhist traditions, but also people across many different traditions, uh, it's, it's been really, really helpful for me. So I think there's a lot of ways that if you were actively a part of a religious community now, this is a really exciting space where you meet other people who are religious, religious in similar ways that you are, but are coming from different traditions and you can start to have critical conversations and get some space from your own community so that um, I feel like when I come back to my own community, I'm going to be a little more prepared and trained. Um, so that's been an interesting thing about community life for me is being able to have those types of conversations that I wasn't able to have in the same way when I was um, just involved in my own community. Thank you, Tim. Nahito. Thank you so much. I'm, um, the first word that comes to mind is gratitude for me. I'm just uh, grateful to, to be here and to be on this panel and just um, uh, really amazed just listening to all the stories and also just reflecting, you know, taking the time to pause here and think about all the things that already uh, happened during my uh, time here so far. And um, I, I'll just go through some of the highlights um, that I could think of, and if we have time for question and answer, that'd be great too. But I started off here by going to the summer language program, and so I was able to kind of uh, be here for the summer. And by the way, I'm uh, originally from Japan, but I grew up in Hawaii, and so weather-wise, it was a big shift to come here. <laughs> and, uh, but I started in the summer, so I think that was a good way to uh, ease myself in uh, into the 108 inches of snow. <laughs> so, um, and I uh, moved in in the fall of last year to the CSWR, the Center for the Study of World Religions, and uh, that's been a wonderful community, uh, very close to campus, and um, just uh, very. Uh, diverse, religious, international uh, community, and every week we have one of the residents presenting uh, in what's called a World Religion Cafe uh, about a topic that they're interested in, a research um, issue that they're working on, or any idea that they have on mind that they want to share with the residents, and so that's uh, been a wonderful way where I could also share about my own experiences uh, with other residents and kind of get their feedback on, on a weekly basis. Um, and 
So that's uh, living at the Center for the Study of World Religions, which I'll be happy to talk more about too. Um, and uh, another highlight for me, my time here at HDS is uh, the opportunities that the Office of Ministry Studies has allowed me to do. Uh, one of which is going on right now, field education with uh, Carrie uh, at the Office of Religious and Spiritual Life. I'm the uh, field education chaplain intern this year uh, on campus, and that's been just a uh, wonderful, exciting uh, opportunity that, um, you know, and, and when I tell everyone that I, I get to meet Carrie once a week for uh, supervision, that people are very, uh, you know, <laughs> jealous about that because it's wonderful to do that once a week. <laughs> uh, and uh, before coming back to my second year of uh, the Master of Divinity program, um, during the summer, I was able to go to Brazil on the, uh, with the International Field Education uh, Program, and Angie, I know I was in India this summer too, uh, and that for me was a very, uh, very special experience that I think that it's hard for me to imagine uh, if I could have done it anywhere uh, but HDS. And, um, and part of the reason is that I made a proposal, uh, a student-initiated site to work with a school of theology there that has ties to a spiritual movement that started in Japan, which I was raised in. So my father is a minister in this uh, tradition uh, that's uh, called the Jorei uh, tradition, and it's uh, based on the teachings of Meishu-sama, or Mokichi Okada, who lived from 1882 to 1955, so a relatively new religious uh, spiritual movement. And so I'm, I happen to be the only uh, representative, uh, student representative of that tradition here, and so that's also been an exciting uh, thing to experience during my first year as a graduate student here. But uh, being able to go on a, as a field education uh, student, earning credit, receiving funding from OMS to do uh, this kind of experience was really, uh, you know, something uh, I think I couldn't have asked for a better uh, situation and condition. And so I really felt a strong sense of uh, vocation in terms of my ministry. This is, I realize this is uh, what I want to do in my life. This is my path. Uh, a sense of community uh, and sense of community both at HDS and outside of HDS, uh, but allowed through uh, the, the, the community here, really. And so uh, that was a powerful experience and coming back with a, uh, a strong sense of purpose. And I think uh, the excitement this year coming back from that international field education where I was immersed in my own tradition uh, and coming back to campus, uh, I think the excitement and challenge is also to work in this multi-faith, uh, diverse uh, setting. And so, uh, you know, I think, I just think about my field education experience and how amazing it is, especially when I tell it to other people. Uh, on a typical day, I might be going to maybe two, three student organization gatherings. And so, you know, uh, maybe like last week, Friday, I think I went to the Buddhist weekly uh, sitting meditation in the Korean tradition done at Divinity Chapel, and then after that I went to the library to study and scan some books, and then I went to the, uh, the HUMS, the Univer uh, Unitarian Universalist uh, worship service, and then I met someone uh, to talk about food justice and plan events uh, for that, and then I went to see a teaching fellow to work on the, my coursework for Christian ethics, uh, and then I think we went to the Oktoberfest that the staff were holding uh, you know, with food and, and beer and all these uh, wonderful things, music. Uh, and so, you know, things like that happening on a regular basis here on campus, I'm just uh, uh, really, again, I come back to that word gratitude. I'm just really grateful and um, 
And I think part of the issue also is like there are so many things going on that I, I have to make sure I kind of restrain myself once in a while, you know, because I, I know that I can put too much on my plate. And so I think that's one of the things that, that there is this space here also, I think, to talk about, for example, the idea of self-care. And I, I think sometimes we have a resistance, you know, to talk about self-care or maybe to have someone else tell you about self-care. Uh, and like, you know, like I don't need, you, need, need someone else to tell me about self-care, right? But then maybe you really do. And, and I think that's part of, out of a reflection process as well, that there is a holding space here for us to engage in that kind of dialogue. Uh, you know, in graduate school and just in life in general, there could be a lot of things going on. And so I think it's wonderful that we have a community where we can engage in conversation about uh, those uh, topics included. So um, thank you so much. Thank you, Nahito. Friends, I'm attentive to the fact that we are due to adjourn in about seven minutes. So. I want to just allay your concerns about there will be chance for questions, but also we are all, you can reach out to us. We're all available on email. You can stop us the rest of the day. If you have questions that didn't get answered, um, you'll have a chance to ask them. So Angie. Okay. Well, in my position as last but not least, I'll try to underscore two things that I've been hearing throughout our time together. Um, one of which is, is our religious diversity, which of course you've just heard from, from our panelists. And if you imagine more than 300 of us who are here, uh, I like to say that HDS is doing this radical project of creating a microcosm of the world's religious diversity and then asking us to engage with each other. And as you've heard, that goes so far beyond tolerating each other. It is, it is co-working with each other in order to actually create here a microcosm of what we would like to see in the world. And part of what that means is, um, I remember in Intro to Ministry Studies my first year, this is now my third year, we had one of the leaders of the Catholic Worker Movement come in and she said, you know, what you have here is a little piece of heaven. And she said it with, uh, she meant it and she also, there, she meant the little bit of edge to it, right? Of you have a little piece of heaven here, now what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> and that's definitely a feeling that I've had from the beginning was it was just so bountiful. Being in this space was so, so fulfilling and fruitful and generous that the only proper response it felt to me was, was the application of that gift uh, to, the rest of, to the rest of the world. And so that's the second thing to underscore is just that this place, in my experience, has been a total call to creativity and also that it welcomes creativity. And you've heard that again from all the panelists and the various initiatives that people have brought to this space and left in this space. And so for me, that specifically has had a lot to do with this broad phenomenon of young people especially, but people across this country disaffiliating from organized religion and how there are now tens of millions of folks who are without a religious home or a community of belonging, even though in many cases they identify with some sense of purpose or perhaps even transcendence and are, are trying to figure out what to do about that. And so in, in my particular attempt to address that in this space, my first year a group of us created a, a student group called the HDS Religious Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. And there were four of us at the beginning and we met all year and then our second year we were actually around at orientation and got to know people and so then our mailing list went up to about 30 and now our mailing list is up to about 60. That doesn't mean 60 <laughs> people come on a weekly basis but we have regularly met for now going on three years and it's been a really amazing improvisation because we assume 
diversity of worldviews, and we do not seek to change that. <laughs> um, and yet we are striving for some kind of unity of, of purpose, I would say unity of spirit. Um, and we have been on this adventure together of trying to figure out how to create and hold for each other a space for that and to share the journey of being human uh, here at HDS and even beyond. We've had students from across the campus and also even folks who are not affiliated with Harvard at all who have participated and continue to. And so one manifestation of that creativity has been designing noon service. And you guys heard some about noon service. And so we've now had two services that we put together and that included writing a song because we don't have a hymnal. So we, we figured, okay, let's, let's write something new. And uh, that included a great deal of, of, I think, fruitful conversation and um, the embrace of what it means to be in service, whether that is a sense of worship or something that is understood um, more as, as between and among humans. So that's been a really great adventure and it's also been really remarkable for me to see the intersection of that group with my own personal spiritual life and the community I was raised in. And as Carrie mentioned, I grew up uh, studying a spiritual text called the Urantia Book and my family grounded their religious life in that text, but there's no organized religion around it. And so that was a very new experience for me to be able to, or to feel able to share that so fully here at HDS, and then to invite other people to get to know more about the significance of those teachings in my life and how I live them, and then reciprocally for me to get to know the many, many perspectives I'm surrounded by. And so one really amazing outgrowth of that for me was I was chairing the International Conference of Urantia Book Readers my first summer after year one, and I got to have that, first of all, count as my field work for, for my MDiv degree. And so I had a supervisor over at MIT who helped me throughout the year. And then I ended up, I think Carrie mentioned, I spent a lot of years as a playwright before I came to Div School. So I wrote a musical based on the teachings of the Urantia book that was premiered at that conference. And there were a bunch of Urantia book readers, and then there were a bunch of HDS students, including Sarah, who's sitting over there, uh, who came and helped put on that musical. So I had this extraordinary, fruitful confluence of the different parts of, of my life and of my spiritual and religious life um, all coming together in Western Massachusetts. And then we got to perform that musical here at HDS in Andover Chapel last year as well. Um, which happened to intersect with the, the visit of the Karmapa. And that's another story if you want to hear it. But I know that we're running short on time, so uh, I will let Carrie take it from here. Thank you. Thank you all. And could you join me in thanking our wonderful panelists? Thank you. I love, Angie, that you said HDS is a big improvisational project. And I think that's right. And I think you've seen that our students approach their lives as wonderful, holy works of improvisation. And um, maybe you can imagine yourselves here, too, improvising your way along your own paths. It's 10 to 3, and we are to be done now. But maybe we could just take one question, if it's burning. And you'll have to ask it into the microphone. Lauren has one. Does anybody have a question? Yes. Introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name's Anujamin. Um, I do have a quick question in the sense of more of like an academic, you know, student perspective. A lot of people that I've met here have been um, 
very invested in their faith, um, very tied to their faith, studying inside out, um, if that <laughs> quite makes sense. Um, my focus specifically is not studying religion from the inside out. I like looking at different religions and the effects that they have on others. And, and I guess um, a crude way, I, I study it from a more academic point of view. And is that conflicting? Does, do you see an issue with that in the community life? Or I don't, I mean, I, don't, I, that's, I guess that's my question. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. You're good. There's a lot of people like that, yeah. for sure, yeah. Probably the, I won't say the majority. Not the majority. There's a lot of people here who are doing, who are in the program for sometimes just strictly academic reasons. So um, if you haven't met them yet, you'll be meeting them imminently because they're everywhere. So yeah. But just so you know that that's like, that's like I don't know what the percentage is, but it could be half of the student body. I don't really know. Yeah, that perspective is the default perspective in religious studies. Yes, yeah. so that's what this is about here. Um, ministry studies also is not separate from that. We understand here that ministry studies is preparation for the learned ministry. So the intellectual and life and the spiritual life are not seen as warring or separate pieces for those in preparation for ministry, but they are really integrated. So our default position is always to start with the intellectual life here, yes. And to end there. <laughs> and along the way to call it all good and holy. Um, we need to end here. And I thank you so much, all of you, for coming to visit us today and for being at this panel. And we wish you a rich rest of the day. Do be in touch with us if you need additional information. We'd love to help you. Thank you all thank for you. coming.